In this episode, we're following the journey of one couple who has conquered the first home by a mountain. We're going to hear about the lessons they learned, whether their assumptions were right or wrong, and the mistakes they made, and those that they actually avoided. Ultimately, how did they seal the deal? Welcome to Your First Home Buyer Guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to move it along and become homeowners. But most importantly, it is for home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mum. And that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 45 years experience to share with you and bucket loads of stories and avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure you get unbiased and real information you can rely on. We've got loads of free tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll get access to our free webinar, How to Buy Your First Home with the Right Amount of Debt. You'll also find the holy grail of home buying education, Your First Home Buyer Guide, the online course of people who want to be educated home buyers. We have created this for you to help you get on the right path to home ownership for your first home and beyond. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field who takes the time to understand your personal situation. We've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change rapidly. So always check with the relevant government authority or your trusted advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Nick and Grace are Home Buyer Academy graduates, and we're so excited to be sharing their story today. Thank you so much for coming along. No, no worries. Our pleasure. Yeah. Oh, hi, guys. It was a quick journey for you. I'm going to go through the stats in a minute, but let's start at the beginning. <laughs> when did you first decide that you wanted to buy your first home? Mm-hmm. Good question. Um, well, I, yeah, I wanted to buy my first home probably... Um, like when we got together like uh, a few years back and uh, when a marriage was on the cards, um, I knew that it was time to really knuckle down and try to find a place. Um, I have siblings who have also gone and and gone through the experience and so I, I'd seen that years beforehand and um, I was more of a just a, a like – riding their coattails through the process uh, just yeah. watching them go through that and at some one point in time i might have gotten involved in that and then i backed away from it and i really just wasn't in the right headspace to do it but um getting married it definitely puts in the right headspace to do it <laughs> um and, and yeah so it was, it was really i guess like focusing in maybe nine months ago we really dedicated ourselves to try to find our own place but um you know, it's always been kind of on the cards in for me in the last few years, really. Yeah, I think for both of us, because we'd both been saving for a deposit independently from when we were quite young and working a couple of jobs to do so. So then yeah. we got together and we're like, oh, great, you're in a good position. I'm in a good position for um, savings wise for a home. Um, yeah, then we thought, yeah, let's just let's just go for it. Mm. It's so yeah. interesting because we do get um, we get a lot of singles right in to say look, I'm on my own and I don't really know whether I should be buying something now or should I wait and should I wait until I've got someone to couple up with. And we always think that the danger there is that you don't do anything until you couple up or you do all the hard things and you actually be a really good saver and then you meet somebody who's a spender. (laughs) (laughs) But you guys are both savers. We've talked about that a lot. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Often spenders and savers couple up. So you've, you've done well to both be savers. Yeah, very fortunate in that sense. Our both of our families' work ethics are kind of the same, so our parents really drilled it into us pretty early on. Yeah, I think it's really good to have that sort of same, uh, I guess, uh, values around money and values around you know saving or spending or or and also housing and whether it's important or not. So it's sort of interesting though that you sort of got really serious about it when you started thinking about getting married. It's it's a no. little old fashioned if you don't mind me saying because you <laughs> seem so young. So, you know, good on you for just knuckling down. I hope you still have some fun as well. 
Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Good. Yeah, now, absolutely. How, absolutely. How long did that process take? Like, how long were you actually saving for? Because this is one of the questions that we get from a lot of people. Like, how do I speed up this deposit saving process? This mm. is my biggest challenge. What right. are some of the things that you could share that you did in, in that process of saving up your deposit? Yeah, I think we were saving since we were, as I said, like both our families were very um, strong work ethic, like very, um, yeah, they both, we came from families and they whose parents both owned the home that they live in. So <laughs> they had really pushed that and they came, didn't come from that. So they came from, like Nick's mom came from commission housing background. So that had been really important. Um, so pretty much since I started, um, which I know is probably not what a lot of people want to hear, but <laughs> since I started working as a teenager, like I'd been thinking of saving that money for that purpose. And yeah. I was pretty fortunate that, you know, throughout uni I had the flexibility to be able to work a few jobs. And so I guess like quite intensely saving probably happened, fortunately for us, while we're in that uni phase because we were both fortunate enough to be in a position where we could continue to live at home and obviously paying a board um, is a lot simpler than paying rent. So that was a really, um, just tricky at times, obviously, but like it was really quite a blessing to us that we had that opportunity. And then, yeah, yeah, so the savings process, yeah, and then I guess another seven, eight years of full-time work. um, Yeah. Putting like a good 20% um, of wage aside for a deposit, yeah. That's that's great. I mean, that that, um, ability to be so disciplined around it. Can I, as a lover of handbags and shoes, suggest that you probably haven't uh, what I would deem not invested in those kind of expensive items along the way? Yeah, definitely not. (laughs) As a lover of handbags and shoes, it's something I've gone without for a while yet. (laughs) (laughs) What's sort of interesting, though, is if you get in the habit of spending the money, it's really difficult to get out of the habit. Whereas if you never get in the habit in the first place, it's a lot easier to keep that going. So I guess in a way that sounds a little bit like that applies to you guys. You just haven't sort of – I mean, it's like what we say to people, when you get a pay rise, don't spend that, save that. And, you know, you've never had it in the past. So try to get in the habit of not having it in the future, you know, just keep saving it. So it sounds like it's that sort of discipline – but how long have you guys been together? Uh, we got together at the start of COVID. Right. Uh, um, yeah, so uh, March of 2020. Four, yeah, four years. Literally yeah. at the start of COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Start, yeah. yeah, yeah. So we we have known each other for some time, but really, yeah, came together um, in January of 2020. And then, um, yeah, the relationship really um you know, developed throughout COVID. So we we found each other at each other's families' homes. So that was <laughs> one of those challenges that I was saying about living at home. Mm. So both live at home because you're savers and then there's COVID and you can't leave your home. So all your early dating is very family orientated. <laughs> yeah. I wondered how that would happen at the time, thinking how do people actually start relationships in all this? Yeah, And you guys are based in Victoria too, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so you had, had lockdown. Yeah. Just the rest on. of us. Yeah. 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 Okay. And that's yeah. probably why you could save more money because you, you could not go out <laughs> anywhere. Go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> we we made a like a real point of after the first lockdown, it was our real first like mission to go on a date. Like, we hadn't <laughs> gone on a date, and though oh, we had so been sweet. together for like nine months, we had wow. actually experience before so we made it a real like thing allocate an amount that- for the, yeah. the date was yeah. yeah. for, for the day yeah, yeah. <laughs> yep. you're funny all <laughs> right so when did you start first learning about how to buy a property you sort of said that you you know um nick you said your elder siblings had sort of gone down that path so i guess you're watching them but you know was that enough or how did that sort of where did that get you um it didn't really Made me more confused, if anything, um, because the like the natural thing that happens is as soon as someone in any family or not any family, but in my case, someone gets interested in buying a house, and everyone's invested in like that process, and right. so you, you get the like everyone who, who's 
kind of connected to is giving you advice. Right. And I guess like I saw that previously with sibling, just seeing how so much people, so many people would invest themselves into the journey um, and would muddy the waters in my like a lot. I was a lot younger. So like my um, perspective back then has changed a lot to today and not saying that um, you know, family or friends aren't helpful. Like we had a lot of really good people come along inside us, including our parents, who gave us heaps of really good um, advice and wisdom um, along the way. Uh, but you know, the the process of watching from afar and then what and then actually being in in it at the time is so different. Um, yeah, and and so yeah, we like spent really the start of this year like really going you know we're gonna zero in on this target like we know we're gonna get married in september so we had this and and we hey, both congratulations by thank the you way. <laughs> we'd both we'd both lived at home like for my or our entire lives and so we weren't interested in going back home <laughs> um after that and um you know we also had some or i Personally, I, you can speak, Grace, on this as well. I, I personally had just things around. I, I wanted to buy something rather than rent something at the time, and that evolved over the nine months. And you kind of ebb and flow as you kind of feel like you're not going to get anywhere um, <laughs> in the process. But yeah, about January this year, we really like set in on a mission to like, okay, let's work out how this works and let's go for it like and and figure out who do we have to connect with what do we have to do what mm. how is that going to change like our weekends and our day-to-day and just like buy into it and just go for it um and commit to it grace your family oh. experience was it the same as nick's with the advice yeah 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 um to a degree i think we have different um very different families in the sense that my parents were very much like, yeah, just go for it. Like really just, you know, um, yeah, everything we had to offer, they were really paused. Like, yeah, sounds great, awesome. Like whereas Nick's parents are a bit more conservative, we're a bit more like, oh, have you thought of this? Like that's going to be a problem. So we kind of had like mm. good cop, bad nice. cop. Yeah, the posi- <laughs> like, yeah, the positive and, yeah. the, and the risk assessment sort of side. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, and those things are constantly like back back went back and forth in terms of like it would almost like you know we liked the ideas of yeah go for it go for it go for it and then though when you sat down and you analyze it like oh hang on a sec though like you can see and so it's good to have a bit of both sides i think in the mix because like sometimes my parents would be the same and, and so and then grace's parents would be my my, my parents but <laughs> uh, yeah you know, depending change- on topic, yeah. They t- took turns being handbrakes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, did you find sometimes that the more enthusiastic you were, the more that, you know, they'd flip to the other side of, oh, you sure you want to go? And yeah. the more cautious you were, the more they'd say. Yeah, definitely. No, sometimes you've got to take some risks. It's almost like they they need to balance you out. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Like when we were, I remember really vividly in the process, there was one point in time where we we're really like set on like this is the area that we want to get into and our both of our families don't live in the area like they're within 10 or 15 minutes from where we are yeah uh, different suburbs and um i remember really really vividly there was a bit of a okay well Good luck. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Try to do so that. So the enthusiasm wasn't there because it no. wasn't close enough. Uh, it was just like uh, you know, either that's a really difficult area to get into, or it was a why do you want to be there? Like, right? Like, I grew up there, and that wasn't that great. And <laughs> and you're like, well, yeah, it's changed. <laughs> like, yeah, it's and amazing. We, have, we yeah. have different like perspectives on that area, so. Mm. So what yeah. what did you end up doing area wise? Where when you originally started kind of talking about, oh, let's let's get into this and actually make it happen. Did the area that you ended up buying in or searching in did that change from where you started? That um, 
that didn't really change. So when we, because we knew we wanted to buy close to family, um, yeah, Nick's sister's just about to have a baby, a second baby. So we knew we didn't want to be away from that. We didn't want to miss our nieces growing up. And so, and our community is all here. So we knew that was where we wanted to be. And then within that area, we thought, well, if we can't live in the inner city, <laughs> we're going to be in the suburbs. <laughs> we're going to be in in this area within the suburbs because it's close to like close to a river, close to town centre, close to the freeway. Um, and the traffic bottleneck that exists all over the very vastly growing kind of region that we're in doesn't exist so much here because there's a bit of scarcity in the land. Like there's the area that we bought into, there is no more land to be developed in mm-hmm. that pocket. And that was really important to me particularly because the area my parents bought in, you know, 25 years ago, which was beautiful and I loved growing up there. Now they just kept kind of expanding on it. And so it was taking me like almost half an hour to travel 15 or less than 15 kilometres home, like, in just the suburbs. So um, Mm. we were just really set on that particular area. The only time it kind of did change is as we're going and um, we're kind of getting frustrated that we weren't able to find what we wanted and um, we just got really worried that within our price point we weren't going to be able to buy into that area because it was kind of that, um, yeah, really like a trickier spot. Yeah. to get into in this sort of area we, we just thought we're not going to be able to do it we'll look further afield um i think that was a little bit of like a turning point for us though because we did look further afield and we're like no nah, we need to stick to like location was our thing that was you know we, we at that point we'd done we'd listened to a lot more of your podcasts and the course and things like that and we'd heard like you know the position property um and location and price and we're like okay, yeah if location for us is the thing because we're buying in this area and we can't afford to buy in the in the city, then we need to be firm on that. So it kind of it didn't change in the sense that we ended up in the area that we said we wanted to end up in. But along the way we kind of thought we might stray and then we kind of had a moment we just said to each other, like, nah, we need to, you know, stay the course and just keep Oh, I love that. That's the revise and correct part of it. And you decided yeah, yeah. that the revision was actually out of the three P's, it was going to be the property, not the position. Yeah. Yeah, fabulous. So that leads me to a question because I am curious to know what compromises you then made on the property in order to stay in the location you want to be. We do talk about the three P's. It's the position, the price, the the property itself. And there is always one of those three that gives more than the others. You know, if you can get more money, that's great. Go back and get more money and that's the P. That's the price P that flexes, but most <laughs> of us can't. So therefore, yeah. it's usually location or position or the property. So yeah. what did you change in term- compared to what you're originally looking for so that you could be in the area you wanted to be in? Yeah. We um, we definitely wanted to be, like, we're very close to the, the town centre, but we were originally looking even closer to that and probably closer to the river that runs through the area that we're in. Um, and... Uh, yeah, at first we're looking in a very, very confined space and the likelihood of us, we, we realized very quickly, the likelihood of us coming across something that was going to tick a lot of the property boxes and the price boxes in that position, it was just, it just wasn't going to probably happen. Um, and watching months and months and since buying, watching months and months of realestate.com, you're like, it's just we still wouldn't have found it. Like we would wow. have been waiting. Um, and it was only until we uh, met one of a, a, an agent who um, was able to put us onto some off-market properties and, and other th- other properties that he was dealing with that, um, you know, he was like, well, have you considered this? This is like literally three minutes walk beyond what you want have you looked there yeah. and i was like very much at the start i was like not not budget. this is the boundary this is like we're not passing this road and um but yeah then we the property that he suggested we look at we just went on a whim um because we had some extra time on a saturday and we went in there and we're like this is like 
exactly like this is what we want like this is the size um the price the position's a little bit out but that's okay like it's only three minutes difference <laughs> let's be like real here on we foot yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um and, and that didn't end up being the one that we got but like i guess in um to give you an idea like we're on that same side of that main road where we are now and we're maybe six minutes walking, but we absolutely love the area. It actually has worked out a lot better than what we thought it was going to be. Yeah. I would say the only other compromise too would be like thinking about the, like the people like us, mm. like we are in a really old area, which is part of that like scarcity, like mm. area, yeah. Yeah. hold on to their houses literally until like someone passes away which was right. like the case for the house that we got as well so there's a lot of older people in our area um who have been lovely <laughs> we've had a lovely time meeting all our neighbors but um i think that will obviously change over time and you can sort of see that happening in yeah. a lot of this region um but yeah it's like old area that people built these houses and yeah built them strong and planned on them you know, built them as their forever home. So that's probably the other compromise mm. there compared to like if we'd gone maybe like the other side of the road with much smaller blocks um, and newer houses yeah. uh, and more people like us. But, you yeah, know, for us, we we thought, yeah, we wanted that bit more land and those things yeah. we compromised on those things. That, that's but, just, uh, that's great because it, it may be a gentrifying area and you've identified that, that um, things will sort of start to change, which you actually got in there earlier rather than after um and i love how you said earlier and i just want to touch on that that you identified that there wasn't a lot of extra land that could be released around you so mm. it was quite an established area even though it's an older area so there's a lot there that that you know potentially told you that there was some upside there in the future mm. with, with people like you coming in later yeah. so there might be people like you going to the shops and going oh there's people like us yeah and, uh, identifying this area as a as a potential growth i want to talk to you just momentarily about your time frame and your process because i had a look and you first downloaded the free mini course how to price a property on the 31st of may 2023 okay so that's where you potentially first came across home buyer academy or it might have been earlier i don't know and then you purchased the course your first home buyer guide on the 4th of June. Tell us a little bit Ooh, about... quick. <laughs> tell us about the journey because I know we were in deep discussion from a mentoring point of view about specific properties pretty quickly after that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we... So, Grace found the podcast way early in the year and... Yeah, I basically consumed as much as of the content as possible yeah. and i think yeah we got to that point where we downloaded the we were at that stage that we downloaded the podcast that was the height of our like over analyzer like yeah i'd listen to as many of your podcasts as you can i'd read as much and i just like i'm just a consumer with those sort of things i'll just yeah. consume as much knowledge as i can and i piece it all together and then we were just getting a bit lost i think at that point so we we had already done a lot of the other, the sort of the steps within the course. But Without by the time necessarily realising it. By the time we did the course, we realised, yeah, there were things we'd done out of order and there yeah. were things that we hadn't really um, put together, which meant that we were just, yeah, getting really confused because we had all this knowledge that we, and we just wanted to get it right. So we just had done all this research and um, we became really obsessed with this idea of like, getting the right asset and getting a good asset and I think I'm so proud we well <laughs> yeah I think along the way what the challenge was we got really obsessed with that idea and then we kind of lost sight of the fact that like it has to be a good financial asset but it also has to be a good asset for our family so um that I think that course really helped us kind of straighten out like okay, well, we know what a good asset is. Like we've done enough learning about that and we'll still have so much more learning <laughs> to do. Mm. Like we've got, you know, mm. forever to keep learning about these things. But we actually need to come back to like, okay, well, what do we want as well that's a good asset for our family? Mm. And I think so going through the the course 
yeah, so quickly we, we we're teachers, so we smashed it on school holidays in a couple of days. So that's probably too why that time yeah. frame is so short. <laughs> it, w- it was really like one of those situations where we were in the winter school holidays, and we had just we had entered an auction with the anticipation of buying a property, and it just went completely pear shaped. And I think we both kicked you know the like or spat the dummy over it and <laughs> we're like all right well here's the timeline september is the is the wedding we are in june or july we're teachers we don't really have much time except right now so we got two weeks to like hammer out this course like get our ducks in a row and then like and then we'll be t- we got 10 weeks to like make this happen but with like still a bit of, bit of flex, still like an understanding that, Lots hey, we're not going to have to, we may not necessarily get it in the 10 weeks. Yeah. And that's okay. But I, I definitely think like we took all these ideas that we had and and then went into the course and it just went like that. As I like, okay, now I know what to do. And even just like the auction process, like we didn't, no matter what, like in um, research we had done, like we didn't actually know what that was about, or like if we won the auction, I would have been completely scratching my head over like what to do next. <laughs> um, whereas, like when we went through the course, you could it was almost like you could preempt yourself or imagine yourself. I've bought the property, and now this is what I have to do. Uh, okay, so when it actually became real life, it was a really simple process. That's fantastic for so many reasons um, <laughs> it, because we get actually a lot of overanalyzers come to us and they're sort of bogged down because, and, and I can be an overanalyzer myself, I guess, and possibly you too, Megan, you know, that you sort of, you go out there, you do your research and it's like, how are we going to bring it all home? How does, how am I going to join it all together? And I think that's what a lot of people do when the podcast, they, they consume everything and they think, yeah. now I've got all the information, I should be able to do it. But right. it's it's knowing what to do in the right order that's the important thing. Like you, if anyone was watching the video, uh, Nick brought his fingers together like you know what you, like a basket almost like a yeah. kni- knitting it all together, knitting it all together, um, and putting everything in the right order. But also Nick and and Grace are sitting inside their new home, and I'm looking at that beautiful timber panelled ceiling, which is coming back oh, in fashion. In fact, my house that was renovated only four years ago has a timber panelled ceiling, so I'm looking at that go oh, very nice. It's coming back <laughs> in fashion. Lovely high ceilings. Tick, tick, tick. I bet it's light and bright during the day too. Yeah. Very bright. That now, was one of the things. So we wanted a bright, lots of windows. Grace is a big indoor plant person. So. Oh, yes. Great. And Beautiful. the thing is, of course, I was overseas for a big chunk of the time that you were joining in on the campfires every week and getting some guidance from, uh, from Megan literally through the actual deal doing right so i couldn't believe when i got we got your email so we've done it basically and <laughs> also i just remember the email at the beginning where it was like we're classic overanalyzers and i'm like you just need to do the course guys so <laughs> just like you are ready and Actually, so what you're yeah do full do stop the course the, full stop course full stop you're yeah. ready um so i'm curious tell the story because i had i don't know this you know I, I sort of know bits of it i've seen the you know i've seen the link of the property you bought i know that megan um sort of guided you through that and and i'm just so excited so i'm freshies all our listeners are freshies tell the story from when basically you found that property that off-market property and then what probably started because we looked at a property a couple of doors down yeah. um and we we're really keen on that property. I still think that would have been a great property as well um, for a lot of the reasons that we bought this one. Like yeah. the area was all the things, the land size, all of those things ticked a lot of our boxes. And, but that one wasn't to be. And there were a few things there that we just didn't want to and we just didn't feel the property was worth pushing to um, what we knew we'd have to sort of spend in this in the area that we're looking at. So there were just a few things that really um, – yeah, just we're like, that, no, nah, that's as far as we'll go with that one. Um, and so we got pretty kind of defeated. We were so defeated. After that. <laughs> the two, the, like a day or two after that one got, we got told that that one had sold. We got a coffee and we started walking the streets of the suburbs. We were just like so sad about what was going on. Yeah. 
and we could see like the time ticking down to September and like, when is this going to happen? And we did like a big loop and we went all the way back to the area that we'll like, we walked the streets. We eventually just walked past this house that we wanted and lost and then walked down that street. And I said to Grace, as we were walking past, I was like, that's a cool one. And then we just kept walking. And three days later, the one of the real estate agents that we had been in contact with for almost the majority of the time that we're looking for um, a house, he texted me and he was like, got the house. Uh, I've got a house on this street. And I, I was like, oh, that sounds really familiar. And I Google searched it. And I was like, oh, that's like three doors down from where we were just looking. And, and it was the house that I pointed out wow. to Grace. And... And um, then it went up on realestate.com and I just texted Grace and I was like, this house is on sale. And I was like, forget it. <laughs> well, we're not going to get it. Like, it's it's such a beautiful, like, property. The price point was like, we had looked at that one two doors down. We'd looked at the one just a little bit that way for the auction. And we looked at almost like every direction. We knew the price range. Almost triangle. It would have to... And we're like, it is. It's it there, right in. It's right like there. the sweet spot. But we knew that one had like blown out. Yeah. And that one, the condition was, yeah, like the smoke and things like that in that condition was like that. No, nah, we have to. This is our max for that property. Mm. And so we're like, what's the catch? (laughs) Like we're looking at the photos, like the price point should be this, like Mm. based on like we'd done the pricing guide, like we hadn't seen the property yet, but we're like based on what we can see online, the price point should fall in this range. Mm. We came came to the property and we were like, okay, yeah, this is It was the, I think, I think like in all honesty, and I know it sounds cliche, but it was like the one that I walked into and I was like, it feels like home. And there's nothing. Oh, it's like the in one. Here. It just feels like it's the one. Wow. And I started being like, you know, like you walk through the property and you see all the people in it. You're like, okay, I need to be all you guys. How am I going to do this? Did you have um, a similar feeling, Grace? Um, yeah, definitely. I think the big thing for us was the light, um, and it just had a lot of the features that would have been on our like would be nice list. Okay. Um, yeah. And we're like, ah, oh, like. So much character. Ah, the ceilings are high. Like this, yeah. Like there's so much. Yeah, just all those things that we thought would be nice, and then this one sort of had that for us. So I think we definitely both, um, yeah, had that kind of feel. Yeah, and the agent like that we had been in a lot of communication with. Like when he when we walked in, he saw us straight away, and he was like. This is oh, the one. He's like he? nodding at you, saying, "He's gone. He's and my bias." Yep. Okay. He's lining you up. <laughs> yep. Yep. Um, so he's a like an ally, was he? He sort of sounded like he was a bit of a champion for you. Yeah, I think he he knew what we. I think we we made a bit of a point about halfway through the journey of like going to see agents specifically at houses we weren't interested in. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, well done. Then we knew it was like the right agent within that um, agency. So we went and, like, found the principal or found, like, their second. If mm. we, well, we're not going to afford the the houses the principal or the director has, but the second, their second person who's, you know, the second name, we'll, like, we'll go see them. And um, We went to a lot of houses on Saturdays that there was just no way that would be even entertaining the house. Well done. But we just walked in and we're like, was that the age relationship? Me, we're not here for your house. We're here for you. <laughs> This is us and this is all we want. Do you have anything off market? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and because he had, we've kind of been doing that with this particular agent since the beginning and we realised like, yeah, at about halfway in that journey, like, hmm, that's really helpful for like that he's sending us lots of off market and he has a good sense of what we want, um, except like that's one agency in this area. So we kind of like up the ante a little bit in the other agencies and that really like, it's kind of took off a bit for us. We had a lot more properties coming our way that were what we wanted um, compared to just random agents just calling like with, I've got this, you know, like this unit in this. And we're like, no, like, no, we don't want that. Like, um, so. To, to answer your question, like he was he was a bit of a, a champion in that sense. Like he, he fed us a lot 
and he knew us really intimately. I felt like he knew exactly what we wanted um, and was, at the end of the day, like working for the seller. But, mm. um, but you know, I think he he knew what we would be willing to to put or or you know put money on and and go for um, if it was if it ticked a number of these boxes and and yeah, so that was that was really good. And then it was just basically from there, like there was a few roadblocks with the process because uh, there was contractual issues and stuff. That would there was just delays. It just seemed like there was lots of delays in the lead up to getting the the paperwork. And then, in in some ways, that was good because we we're able to put a pause on it, talk to our mortgage broker, work through that. We got the building inspector in before we even saw the contract because we were like, "Look, doesn't matter. Like if we if we'll be ready to move if the contract's all good." Yeah. And building inspector like got in that morning. The and then the contract came through. The conveyancer got the contract. We got the inspection, like the re- inspection report came back at like 1 a.m. Because the guy was like, I know that you guys want this. Place. Oh, <laughs> you did it well to pull a great team together, yeah. yeah. And and then the next day, like, we're like, right, his yeah. offer, and it just kind of went back and forth for a few days until we yeah. were able to get it. And it, it was a little bit of there's a bit of a painful process, but yeah. I think again, suspense. Yeah. It kills you, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, we're really glad to have, um, yeah, there was a point where I said to Nick, like, we just need to make sure that we are not letting, yeah, this negotiation, like, kill us because there was a point where it was, like, it was haggling over a really small amount of money and mm. we were like, no, like, they're just trying to take us for a bit of a ride. And then I said to Nick, yeah, but at the same time, like, in the scheme of things, we need to be humble. Like, we just need to lock this in. So yeah. it was good to have kind of both sides, like, no, okay, we can stand our ground, we know what it's worth, we know these things, but, um, and it was still, like, we still paid less than what we would have, like, in about, like, top of our value kind of range, but and th- and at that- the same time, it was just that, like, don't get offended, just <laughs> don't let the negotiation yeah. interfere with the big goal. I think that's yeah. kind of our academy principle number 12. And that, that was when, like, family and friends really became helpful because they, like, certain like family and friends knew and they were checking in and we were being really honest with where we're at and they were the ones that were like we know you guys like ground yourself like they could speak into like knocking down our pride almost and be like no <laughs> like you know you've been talking about this like come on just yeah just do it and yeah, you finish it off. Bring it home. Uh, bring yeah. it home. It's not about the price. It's about the outcome. I love that. There is so much. It's interesting too because, you know, when you're in the in the negotiating for your home, sometimes you can just be want to put, be put out of your misery and yeah. so people throw more money Let at it, it because just yeah. this is agony of waiting kills me. And, and sometimes I say that to my team as a buyer's agency but also to the clients to say the only way to end this agony is to pay more money. So yeah. you have to work out what's more painful. Paying more money or the agony. Um, but the other thing, sometimes you can dig your heels in. And I've done this personally where I dug my heels in on one particular property. I just didn't want to pay any more money, even though our own price researcher told me it was worth it. I didn't want to pay it. And I dug my heels in. And to this day, I actually regret buying that, not buying that property because yeah. I dug my heels in and didn't buy it. And the, the house I'm in now, very actually exactly the same pri- the pricing. It was a while yeah. later. And I had the same feeling. I want to dig my heels and become stubborn. And then I was like, no, what's the bigger picture here? Yeah. It, it's within the range. It's still fair price, even though I don't really want to have to pay that bit extra, just seal the deal. So I really, that's, that's a great story. I'm curious, how do you feel now that you have a mortgage? Um. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that's <crazy>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, actually, I really like that question, Veronica, because there's a lot of people who have that fear of debt, mm. and and now that you're there and you're actually servicing that debt, does it feel as overwhelming as you thought it might be, or I think getting used to it? <laughs> I think yeah. all right. I think yeah. I was I was really worried that we would have like a buyer's regret in terms of like mm. prices and things mm-hmm. like that. Um. But I've said to Nick quite a few times, like, I feel pretty confident and I think we wouldn't have felt that, like, if we hadn't 
like yeah done the course done the pricing um but mm. also like hadn't had some of those people in our team like our mortgage broker like well, who yeah. really clearly mapped out for us like what we could service and like you know he yep. showed us what it would look like if the rates went up like you know three or four more times or no, no. he went further. I think he went five or six but like he you know showed us all of those things and what it would look Great. like and so we had that knowledge going in um which is really that brought me a lot of confidence because I think mm. to being a first home buyer I just kind of had in my mind like first home buyers spend this much um mm. and then and I think that was probably largely dictated dictated by um like grants and things like yeah. that yeah, here that it's this amount oh, of money, and so that. I just thought that's how much he spent. Um, mm. And then so when we went, when we knew we wanted this, and we knew it had to, we had to spend more than that. Yeah. Um, that was a little bit like unnerving for me initially. And then when we went to the broker, and he was able to talk us through exactly what that looked like and why ultimately, like now he didn't necessarily offer advice um, outside of his lane, I would mm. say, but like. He kind of did show us, like, ultimately, like, that's going to be a better choice for you. And if you can service it, like. Yeah, there was certainly, like, I'm saying to Grace all the time, like, it's just awesome. And I feel like I can say that because I feel like we really did our due diligence on mm, it. Okay. Like, we, the mortgage broker, we learned a lot from them and asked a lot of questions and did a lot of forecasting of future things. Um, but even like other, I just feel like we knew what we we're getting ourselves into. Like we knew based off building a pest that, you know, this and this and this would have to happen straight mm -hmm. away. Mm. And this is, this is how much that's going to be. Mm -hmm. So, okay, we can put that aside. Cool. Um, is that going to affect just our ability to enjoy living? And is that going to stop us from being able to pay off this house? No. Okay, cool. We can move forward. And it was just a lot of like just checks and balances to make sure that, you know, it was okay. So, yeah, I, I feel, you know, it's daunting. Like <laughs> yeah. the, the day that you like hand the, the money over, you're like yes. whole savings. But like. Yeah. And then you, you bank know. out zero. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like at the same time, you know, yeah, you can stand really proud of that and and know that you've done the right thing and, and you've you've done you've done the best that you can do. Mm. And forearmed really is forewarned warned, isn't it? And if you have that knowledge and, and the the second worst case scenario happens and you're prepared for it and, and you've and you've worked out what you've got to do if that actually happens. Yeah. Yep. Well, how long then are you planning to live in this house? So, great question. Um, we, I guess, uh, we want to start a family. So, so the idea at the moment is, um, you know, we we we've tried to put like a hard to put a number on it to be honest because you, you fluctuate. It's like life, you know. But like we, when we got to it, and this was really like only two or three weeks before. We really settled on like trying to pursue this one. We were at the same time looking at a townhouse in um, a in the area not too far away. In in kind of the more premium spot. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. same like or, or relatively similar price points. Bring mm. like townhouse versus standalone. Mm -hmm. and, and yeah, that's right. And we're like toing and froing between yeah. those two quite a lot, and. Um, and then it came to a point where we're like, look, the asset in in the sense that we know we want to start a family in five years' time, if we have a kid and in a townhouse, um, we're both like gardeners, you know, what's our life got like are we just gonna mm. have this place? Yeah. And then are we gonna be five years behind where we want it to be? Or do we just go for this one a bit more? in the first outlay yeah we know it's maybe 10 years of of developing a family and we yeah we didn't set out to buy a forever home like we very much knew we're first home buyers yeah we'll buy the house that fits all the things that we think we need for like 10 years was our kind of plan but 
it very much like has a hundred percent the potential to be like it's mm. bigger than we need at the moment. Yeah, definitely yeah. grow into it rather than grow out of it, which would have been yeah. for a few of the other places that we looked out looked at. Um, so yeah, like we could. I really like that. It product. could be we his forever. <laughs> Grow into it, not grow out of it. Grow into it rather than grow out of it. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. wonderful. As long as well, it's within your financial capabilities. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And and obviously, you know, I love what you said there too, Grace, about, you know, we just think as first home buyers, you know, you, you spend 600000 I mean, that seems to be the number that's going around and it does come from those grants and the cutoff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think that that's a really interesting way that you've articulated that to just to, to challenge that and question it. Well, does that mean we have to do that? We could actually do better than that. Well, and yeah. I guess that's the what benefit of all those, you know, from saving from when you're a teenager. <laughs> that gives you more flexibility. Others will have to be more focused on their stepping stone. It will have to be a stepping stone strategy, but you had the flexibility to look at it two different ways. And um, and you've come out at, you know, at the end in a home you love, in a location that you're, you're, you're loving, you bit sound a bit surprised that it's offering more than you expected. So our final question for you is, what advice do you have for somebody who's thinking about your first home buyer guide course? They're, they're sitting on the fence. They're thinking, you know, is this going to give me any more than just listening to the podcast? What, what would your advice be? Yeah, getting everything in order, 100% is what, because I feel like when we went through the course, there wasn't, there was still lots actually that was like, oh, that's new. Like, oh, we haven't thought about that. But there was so much more that was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay, cool. Let's bring that mm. together. Um, and there were so many resources. Like I've my I've just folders on stuff on my computer that I'm like, you know, you could just consistently come back to. Mm. And no matter where you were, like in the process. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do it if you're an overanalyzer because <laughs> part of me, yeah, thought, ah, like I've done as much research as I can. Like how much more could we really get out of it? I think just putting it all together really made a world of a difference for us. I think we had a lot more confidence um, mm. because I think, yeah, part of being an overanalyzer sometimes means that yeah, you actually, you might have more information than other people, but you actually yeah. have less confidence because you don't know how to kind of put it all together. And I think that helped us yeah put it together and um yeah feel like feel like if we make a mistake and like i'm sure we definitely made mistakes along the way but if we if and when we make the mistake we know that we have like armed ourselves with as much of the knowledge that we can um and we've gone through things in the way that we should and it's just that happens and that's life so we felt yeah, just confident going from there. Yeah, I think there's also like an element, like maybe for me, like there's um, there was definitely like this feeling of from the beginning I, I'd seen other people go it alone and like do it, wave the flag and like, you know, get their house and, and from the outside it looks really glossy and awesome and, and maybe it is, but maybe it's not. And like, I think from the beginning, well, I definitely had a bit more of a mindset of like, I can do this, like, you know, I, we can do it, you know, and just go try to go it alone. But there was something um, about the process, like over the entire home buying process for me, that was like, you know, you have, have to be humble. Like you have to be real. You have to realize that you don't know everything and you're not the expert on this at all and there's people out there that are and they're willing to like invest time into like you getting an, a, a good outcome a successful outcome and that was like a really like that was almost the turning point for me in the process when i was like now you know what like this we've been we've been listening to these people for months and months and months and they've been giving us such great advice um but as you guys said, like you just got to do the course because we've got all this stuff in like the in the brainstorm, and yet we can't like we need to put it down on paper and like you know get the process right so we can like become proficient in the process rather than just have a knowledge of like what happens in the process. I think that was an important part for me too. 
That's fantastic. The, wow. You both said something really important there. Grace, you said that overanalyzers know more than everybody else but have less confidence than everybody else. Yeah. That's just a fantastic. And also the idea that, Nick, you were saying about, you know, we there's this idea, an element of should, particularly and, and maybe more a little bit more male perhaps than than otherwise, perhaps, perhaps, maybe. I should be able to do this. What's wrong with me? I'm an alpha Everybody male. Else Everyone can do else it. can I do can it. it. Yeah, yeah, why can't I do it? But doing it well, doing it and doing it well are two really <laughs> different things sometimes. And so taking that humility to say, right, I am going to learn from the experts. I just think you guys, we're both so proud of you. In fact, listening to your story, my my cheeks are hurting from grinning. <laughs> and... <laughs> and we're just so thrilled because that's why that we do it. That said we did it. it. Was just I actually had a little screech, <laughs> like a proud mum. That's hilarious. I, do, I love hearing about people buying their homes and doing it with confidence. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we are thrilled for you. We want to see pictures when you do have those little kitties and running around the backyard, yeah. and and what you do with the garden. Keep us posted, man. <laughs> Will do, absolutely. Yeah, Thank you so much for sharing this story. <laughs> yeah. no, don't rush it. When you're ready. Yeah. You can grow into it. You don't have to grow out of it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you so much to both of you for coming along. Well, for trusting us anyway and, and coming on board, you know, your first home buyer guide journey so that, you know, we could help you in this this really important process. And thanks for coming along today. To tell us a story. Share it with everybody. And, um, you know, as I said, we're grinning. My cheeks really are hurting. <laughs> yeah, it was invaluable. Thank you yeah, so much for the help guys. along the way. Yep. Yeah. Yep. In this episode, we've only touched on a tiny part of the huge amount of things you need to know to become an educated first home buyer. There is so much more for you to do. You can learn all of the steps in the right order and avoid all of the mistakes that others have made in our 10-step online course for first home buyers. If you'd like to learn more about the right process and avoid making rookie errors, become an educated home buyer. Head over to the website, check out your first home buyer guide, the course that we have created for you. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you've liked what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. It helps other people find us. And of course, I know it's a bit cringy, but we're going to ask for five stars. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with more priceless stuff.